Hello and welcome to Association Data Points, where we discuss associations, nonprofits, data, and the people behind the numbers. I'm Aaron Peters, here with my co-host, Brian Seabacher. How's it going, Aaron? It's good. How are you, Brian? I'm pretty good. We're uh, it's, it's good to be back in the studio, and I think this is the first time we, we've rearranged our studio since the last time we had one of these conversations. We have a nice long table now. Yes. So good, good channel separation. Good. Yes. And we've uh, hung our company banner in here for a little extra noise protection, as as it were. So, yeah, I'm excited. This, uh, I'm I'm excited to co- record a lot of podcasts. So, absolutely. And there's a lot to talk about. Plenty. So I, I hear you've been you've been doing a little research. I have. Yeah, we're looking into this the DEI, so diversity, equity, and inclusion space. DEIB, you might hear diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And then there's now A added to the end of it for accessibility. It's a, it's a hot topic, and we keep finding more things to talk about. I I, I think you know a lot of interesting work going on right now. Absolutely. I spent the morning with the uh, Twin Cities Society for Human Resources Management. Hmm. Uh, they call themselves TC Sherm, is their, their sort of shorthand there. And they had a, a panel of experts who work in the DEI space. And we talked a lot about, um, you know, how it, largely it was for human resources professionals. But interestingly, when we broke out into kind of smaller groups, Probably only about, I think it was a pretty even 50-50 split were people who worked in HR and people who wanted to learn more hmm. about this topic. So there's a, you know, we're, we're reaching out as much as possible, which is, which is great for this kind of event. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So one of the things we talked about was some of the challenges of DEI initiatives in, in the space. I think a lot of people have, have spoken of why we need to be doing this work, why it's important. And that was about like the first 10, 15 minutes of, of that check-in at the beginning. So moving more into um, how we do this work. Oh, and uh, I could see that becoming the next thing. It's really, okay, great. I've, I've, I've been to the why do we do this lecture now several times. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Let's now, next steps. How can I... How can we get going? Yep, absolutely. And it was so interesting because this is where you could even feel a palpable shift of energy in the room. People are kind of finishing their coffee as they're, you know, the speakers are introduced and they're going through why they got into this kind of work. And when it came to what is the work and how do we do it, people started picking up their pens and getting paper out. And well, that's so, great. yeah, you can see the, the thirst for this. So they actually started with um, the work that people are doing, what they feel has the most impact right now. So kind of looking at, you know, their wins and celebrations. But uh, something I found really interesting was they noted that following the murder of George Floyd, there were there was a hundred and fifty percent increase in DEI jobs that were created after that happened. So a huge catalyst, um, you know, to that movement. Now, on the other side of that, I was just reading a Bloomberg finding that you sent to me, Brian, that, um, you know, one anecdote from somebody who was on a DEI team at Twitter said recently there was a reduction from a 30-person team down to a two-person team. Hmm. So that article went on to kind of say there really seems a dwindling, um, you know, fulfillment of those roles. So that that burst of energy we had in 2020 only goes so far, but... 
I think, you know, as you can see, evidence from people attending conferences like this, there still is some impetus and some energy behind doing something. So do, do they talk about that? Do they uh, like now let's, I guess, getting into the how do we do something? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's really interesting that you, you know, talk about that sort of like burst of energy. And now we have this decline. So what's what happened in the meantime? What's happening within the gap there? And I think that's that does kind of get at, at what we're talking about in terms of the how and, it, and what we do. It feels like a weight loss program to me. Like that New Year's Day comes once a year and everyone is, okay, I'm getting off the couch. We're hopping on that treadmill. And then for the probably January 1st through the 7th, people are working out more than they have in months. Mm -hmm. And then it starts tapering off or someone gets a cold or, you know, something just, it stops and you don't pick it up again. Mm -hmm. This work seems like if it's important enough to really make these kinds of commitments, then you shouldn't let that happen. So, it, you know, I'm sure they talk more about like, okay, concrete next steps. Yeah. And having those, those points of friction that start to sort of drive if you're going to keep going, how do you manage moving past those? And I think the, the weight loss industry analogy is really interesting here because unlike the weight loss industry, which you can are just inundated with a, a, a buffet for, you know, lack of a better <laughs> choice of words there of, um, choices of programs you can follow and plans that are available and rules and procedures and products. Whereas in this space, it's, it's sort of the opposite. There is potentially a lack of resources or commonality around this. The phrase, you know, I've heard a lot in these sessions are flying the airplane as we're building it or building the airplane as we're flying it, um, boiling the ocean, uh. eating the elephant. Yeah, big jobs, and we don't know how, and mm -hmm. but we're doing it right now, and we'll figure it out, huh? Yeah, and I think that coupled with, you know, when we talked about some of the challenges that, that people face in their organizations, a lack of buy-in, especially from leadership, senior leadership, you know, that kind of has this trickle-down effect mm -hmm. where there's a mixed message of how important this truly is. Uh, so that, you know, that came up too a lot in those challenges. So I wish I came back from that uh, seminar, as I, I'm sure most people did, with a, a comprehensive list of do this and then this, and it will equal this. We all knew we weren't going to get that by going there. Um, but I think that's where there is, you know, that's where there's some space. Hmm. Does it make you feel somewhat despondent about this? Like it's not going to happen because we can't agree on the next step? I think... Being surrounded by, you know, like-minded people in those seminars does make you feel like we are moving in a direction, uh, but it's interesting to hear from them all of the, the friction that they face in, in the work that they're doing every day. So I think that's maybe where that despondency comes from a little bit, but, you know, some of the, to, to even look more specifically, we talked a little bit about a lack of buy-in. Uh, from leadership. And that, that can look a couple different ways. So some of the uh, things that people shared was leadership simply saying, well, we're already doing this, right? Mm. And I think they felt permission to say that because there's not a ton of ag agreement on what this is. And that exactly. kind of, you know, goes back to, to creating a more standard or common set 
of what we're looking to, both the objectives, and then how do we measure our progress uh, toward achieving those? The old saw, like if we can't measure it, then we can't change it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Other sticking points, of course, were uh, companies or leadership who don't really want to know how they're doing. I've heard that one. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I'm too. I'm afraid of pulling the. It's like a. I'm doing a remodeling project right now. We're about to go into the bathroom wall. Uh huh. Is anyone excited about that? No, they're never excited about yeah. that. They're. It's. It should be interesting to see what's behind there. But there are. I. I, I can also see like. Yeah, I don't just. Tell me when it's over. Yeah, yeah. You kind of know what you're going to find is going to be interesting, but... Let someone else find that out yeah. for me and then just kind of tell me, like, rough order of magnitude, what are we looking at? And right. did we did we budget enough for this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I could see without any metrics to hang this against, it's just this could devolve quickly into just a never-ending gripe list that you never feel see the bottom of and we don't make any progress. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, it, it was interesting too, in this, uh, this group of people that is particularly the, the HR, uh, people who work in human resources, you know, just really compassionate, a lot of empathy. And so not as much data driven, uh, context. Hmm. So it was interesting for me to be there and kind of continue to bring that into the conversation. Uh, you know, saying things like, or, or asking, do you think it would be helpful when you're speaking with your you know, stakeholders or leadership to have numbers to bring in front of them or to have some sort of metrics or even something that you can put against a KPI or an objective? And it was interesting because they would say, yeah, I mean, that would be great. But I don't often have an audience with those people. Hmm. So there was also this, this kind of communication issue that, that we're being... Um, that I saw emerging. We, we may not even get their attention to show them this, mm-hmm. but perhaps having something that's a little pithier than there's a problem or here's a specific problem with a metric and here's how we can solve this. Mm-hmm. That, yep. There's a difference. Absolutely. And I think looking at that, looking at it from that angle, there were, there were a couple of people who said, you know, we have uh, people in leadership roles who say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is important. Um, please, work on this, you know, go forward with these initiatives. But when it comes down to having or sort of releasing the the human capital, the resources of time for people to go work on these things, deliverables and billable hours always step mm. forward. So if they had, you know, one woman shared that she had a seminar planned and at the last minute her attendance dropped by about 75% because there was a crisis Too that needed busy. to be, yeah, yeah. And, and I should say, she said crisis with finger quotes mm. that needed to be attended to, um, in the business. And so I think that that goes along with tying the work that you are doing in the DEI space with KPIs, objectives, metrics, all of those things. Yeah. And well, another thing I was reading today is that things like budgets, balance sheets, you know, things that are considered, you know, standard things inside businesses now that a common vocabulary that everybody gets, that took hundreds of years to put those numbers together and come upon a definition of what is generally accepted. So we are at the infancy of what this is. So 
it doesn't surprise me. You know, there's other areas where things get benchmarked. I mean, I'd say you know, IT security is mm-hmm. another one of those where we 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 don't we even have standards now, but they're not largely agreed upon. Like everyone will do this standard. Well, maybe first they have to know what it is. And they have to agree it's for my organization, and this eh, this applies to me. This doesn't, you know, all all of those things. And yeah, I, I could see how this is. It's still the wild west. We we really don't know. I mean, everyone has, hopefully, you know, a lot of people have really good intentions and want to do the work, mm-hmm. but finding that next step, I, I, I suppose is a challenge right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that definitely came up as we talked about diversity a lot. And I, you know, for HR professionals, I heard the, the term diverse hiring slate and retention for a diverse hiring slate. And from, uh, you know, the conversation was just a lack of agreement on what diversity was not mm. so much disagreement in terms of one person thought one thing and, and another person disagreed with that more. So the conversation was, Oh, I hadn't thought of that attribute. Yeah. That, that should also be there. Interesting too, to talk about visible versus invisible, mm. uh, you know, mm. diversity, um, uh, what comprises diversity. So yeah, having, having a lack of, this is what we're, we're looking for, not being able to codify that, then yeah. you already don't have anything to measure against. We're going to flounder if we don't have mm-hmm. some standard to go to. Now the standards will not be perfect. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, that IT example, uh, there are competing standards that organizations can hold themselves to and picking one or the other can launch into pretty heated debates at times. And I'm, I'm sure this, this subject area is a lot more personal than things like that. So, it, it, you know, finding that center is really, you know, big challenge, but we're, hopefully this is not going to be the reason because we couldn't come to any agreement. We just basically leave it off to the side. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the conversation also centered around people saying, okay, great, you know, panel discussion, tell me what to do when I get back to my desk yes. this afternoon. Like, I can only come to so many of these meetings yes. until I start feeling like I'm wasting my time now. Yes. And, and a lot of the, you know, feedback from that was it's okay to start small, take the, take the small wins and keep doing what you're doing and be a great listener. And I love all of that. I, I think that's all really, really great, but there is still a hunger for, but give me something really really actionable. And Mm. I think where, where that then speaks is to what you're saying. We just need to, we need to sort of, you know, really move forward on this and say, let's do, let's, let's make the, the standard. Let's write down what it's going to be. It doesn't mean we can't change it and we can't adjust it, but we have to start moving past this, start small and everything counts. Yeah. We, we need to do something. I think it's really come it keeps getting reinforced in my mind, just like the, how action, even if it's not complete or a, a you know, perfect on day one, will beat inaction 10 times mm-hmm. out of 10. I, I've got a kind of, not a particularly germane story to this, but when I was, when I was in college, I, uh, I was the president of my dorm floor freshman year, very prestigious position. Absolutely. I, basically I got elected dorm floor president because I had a particularly hot afternoon playing basketball where I was like hitting shots left and right, which gained my notoriety. Like, I, I mean, I, it's not like I went and introduced myself to all these people. It's like, Oh, he's really good at basketball. We should vote him. So elected floor president. Great. Uh, 
The floor at Indiana University, uh, the student associations had like a limited budget for uh, activities that the group can do together. And, you know, a budget of like $50 or something. Mm -hmm. Nothing basically for a party or something. Sure. The, the dorm that we were in had nine floors. Our fifth floor, boys' floor, only had, so we had $50, and we had kind of like, yeah, we'll, we'll do something with it, or we'll do something with it. Anyway, months go by, and the six-floor women took the budget like towards the end of the year and asked, hey, is anyone not using this? Can we go? So they, they like take the budget of like several floors and go on like a whitewater rafting trip. Oh and gosh. we were just so ticked off, like, oh, my God, what the nerve of these people they took Uh our money and in the end it's like you weren't doing anything with it yeah Yeah. it's hard to argue with that it's like action will beat inaction they're just like if we do nothing then someone is going to come and like do their whitewater rafting trip and that's what you'll be doing Mm -hmm. or you'll be left out Mm -hmm. so it's like do something yeah put you know get part of this thing down and i think we really we we leave so much out sometimes just trying to be perfect. And right. I, I know, I realize that this is not a great analogy all the time. And uh, we, yeah, th- we're talking about people's, you know, identities and mm-hmm. things that are very personal. And, you know, I, I think there is risk at doing something and like being wrong. And mm-hmm. we kind of let that paralyze us too. Sure. But I, I think there's, there's certainly more room than, you know, the, the risk of doing nothing is pretty high. It's higher than doing something wrong and, you know, well-intentioned, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and to, to put an even finer point on, on the concept of intention here, I, I listened to a, um, a speaker who said, think about why you're collecting the data. Is it because you're curious or is it because it's tied to an objective? I thought mm. that was a really, that was really helpful for me to hear because some of this does potentially feel a little intrusive, especially if you're not used to working in this kind of data and this kind of information. So to hear that, always tie it back to, am I just like really interested in this because I'm human and I'm interested in what other humans do and who they are? Or does this really speak to something that's going to elicit change and action? Yes. I think, you know, the serve, you know, doing something is really the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Just measuring to measure gets old fast. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, and the other place where there was a noticeable shift in body language, people were picking up their pens again, was when uh, people asked about, so what are the resources? Mm. What are the books you use? What are the software platforms you use? People were very interested in that. And a couple of the panelists said, I wish I could give you a list. And they had one or two. One or two. That they wow. could share. Yep. Sounds like an opportunity for someone. Absolutely. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, productive morning then. Yeah. Yeah. Very well worth driving through the snow and just the disgusting. I don't even know what the precipitation is at this point it's, other than just It's gross. March. Yeah. We're tired of it. Yes. This is, yeah. Well, well, thanks for sharing the story. Yeah. I, I, I'm more to come, I'm sure. Absolutely. This is good stuff. So. Yep. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Ryan. Association Data Points is brought to you by Hargrove and Associates. Since 1985, we've helped associations serve their most critical member data needs by collecting, producing, and delivering exclusive market information. You can visit us online at hargrovedata.com.